Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the pro sports industry, and each week I interview women in the sports business to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the next level faster. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. We are all busy professionals, right? That's why I'm always looking for the best products that are both convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. Mobot is a beautifully designed water bottle and foam roller in one. This company is female founded and led, which is huge for us at Leadership is Female and supports our core philosophy to elevate women. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp, and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of camp to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps so much with recovery and it feels good. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code Leadership is Female to get 15% off. Support Lanny, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness product. Visit mobot.com and use the code LEADERSHIPISFEMALE to get 15% off today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Leadership is Female podcast. I have not done one of these in a long time. Not one of these meaning a podcast, one of these meaning a solo show. I decided to talk about TEDx today. I've gotten so many questions about TEDx. How did you do it? Why did you do it? What was it like? So I wanted to tell you all about that incredible experience. And first, as always, I want to start with the why. So why did I do TEDx? I am really big on goal setting and goal setting outside of your comfort zone. I've done a lot of speaking on stages and into microphones, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy sharing the story, but usually the audience is in my wheelhouse. It's women in sports. It is an audience of sports fans. It's someone who might know and understand my message through the lens of sports. So doing TEDx, which is pretty academic, and a lot of the participants, the speakers on stage, have big degrees 
big titles, heads of hospitals, heads of universities, and they might talk about some pretty deep topics. So for me, getting up on stage and talking about the things that I care about, women in leadership, confidence, women in sports, was a different audience and a big stretch for me and a big stage to be on with a talk that would be turned into a video that would go on a website that will live for a very long time publicly. So it was a big goal for me to do TEDx. And in order to get on that stage, you first have to be accepted. So I took a cue from the universe. I'll say two cues from the universe. I got texts from two separate friends messaging me that the applications for TEDx Reno were available to fill out and encouraging me to do it. I sat on that for a week or two and then decided, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to apply. I open up the application and it wasn't just who are you? It was, what are you going to talk about? And it wasn't a speech. TEDx is not a speech. It's a talk. It's mind blowing is what they say. Something that will blow your mind, a new idea, new research to present. It has to be exciting. And for me, I thought, okay, where do we go with this? What, what is my wheelhouse? What do I do? It's leadership is female. It's interviewing female leaders. What is, if I distilled down all of these conversations, what is the one piece, the one attitude that women have strengthened and developed in order to level up in their career? And that for me was when women find their voice and develop a confidence and start practicing confidence at a higher level. So... That was that was going to be the talk. I didn't have it all developed. I didn't know exactly what I was going to say or how I was going to put it together. But I had enough information to fill out the idea form and submit my application for TEDx. Well, I was one of about 300 people to put in that application, and there were only 20 spots. I wasn't totally aware of the process and the selection process until I got a phone call a few weeks later from the organizer of the event who said, hey, I, I want to talk to you about your application. Immediately, my heart started racing. I was like, oh, man, this is the call. This is the call that's going to tell me if I got in or not. You know, I got all of those jitters, like when they post the roster of who made the team. It felt so much like that conversation. And this guy said to me, he goes, all right, so we started with, you know, hundreds of applications. We have this whole committee who reviews the applications. We narrowed it down and we narrowed it down again and we narrowed it down again and you made it. You made the top 20, but it comes with a caveat. Your talk that you proposed is on confidence and TEDx has an entire section on confidence on their website. This talk has been done before. So how are you going to make it different? You need to pitch me. And what he expected was that I pitch him right then and there. So here's what I did. This is what I said. I go, Brett, have you ever visited the creamer aisle in the grocery store? And he said, uh, yeah. I'm like, where are you going with this? I was like, well, is there only one type of creamer? No. 
there's almond milk, there's whole milk, there's coconut milk, there's light, there's full fat, there's fat-free, there's all these different flavors. A talk on confidence is a lot like the creamer aisle. There's not just one size fits all. The person delivering the talk, their voice, and their points are huge factors in what's going to resonate with an audience. And I think I have a unique spin on this. And he, you know, he kind of laughed and he was like, all right, that was, a, that was a pretty good pitch. So develop your talk a little bit more and uh, we'll see you at round one. So round one, I had no idea what I was in for. I knew I had to write this speech and I let it marinate in my head over and over and over again, like what exactly I would say. So I distilled it all down. It has to be 10 minutes long. That's it. And I wrote it all out and I drove about a half an hour away to this boardroom and I roll in and there's like 25 people in the room and these folks introduce themselves as part of the committee and they're all here to listen to me read my talk and then deliver feedback. So uh, they offered me a shot of whiskey before I read it, but I was like, no, I need a clear, clear head, clear mind, and I need to deal with these nerves on my own without the influence of alcohol. So took a deep breath, counted myself in, and went to town. Read the speech, and then one by one, each person in the room delivered me feedback. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't. Here's what I think you could say. And... It was awesome. I've told this story to a few people who thought that sounded like one of the most overwhelming experiences of their life. But for me, it was really cool because I prepared myself to hear this feedback. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go in there and I'm going to read this speech and they're gonna help me. They're gonna help me develop it into something better, something greater. And I wasn't gonna be tied to any of my lines or specific ideas, I was gonna let them help. And that mindset was a total game changer. I was so open to hearing what they all had to say. And the reason why I was open was one, it was part of the process, but two, collectively, this group of 25 people in the room had listened to thousands of talks. They knew what worked and what didn't. And I had a few pages of notes and I left the office also with a book, TED Talks by Chris Anderson that they recommend that you read that really tells you how to do an incredible talk on that stage. And, you know, I went home and I sat on their notes and their feedback for about a week before I went back to my talk. And I went back and I started reorganizing and I started rewriting and I used some of the transitions that they talked about. I leaned a little bit more into sports. I developed the ideas a little bit further and then I went back for round two, which is about a month later. It's like every four weeks that you go back. So I go back for round two. There's a lot less people in the room this time. And I read my talk and many had been there for round one and then you know, heard their their input implemented into the talk and they loved it because it was what they heard was what their ideas were sort of come to life in the talk. So I go around the room and like, I'm getting pretty good feedback until I get to the organizer. And he had the look on his face was one of, it's hard to describe, kind of, oh crap, 
I'm not sure I like this. I don't really know what to say. And this is a guy that is so direct, like so direct in a way that I appreciate tremendously because he doesn't cut corners. He doesn't beat around the bush. He like tells you how it is. And he gave me this sort of mumbo jumbo feedback that was really uncharacteristic of his personality. And I'm like, this is so weird. And so I sat on the edits again. I sat on the feedback again. And when I went back to edit, I thought, all right, here's here's what we're going to do. We are going to reorganize. We're going to lean into the data. And the data, you guys, is this podcast. It is statistically significant now. These one-on-one interviews, the keys to leveling up in your career, the keys to gaining confidence, the keys to asking for a promotion, like all of these interviews cultivated together, nearly 100 of them have created this body of data and research that is so relevant and useful. And so I leaned back into the podcast a little harder and thought, okay, how do I use this research? And I used parts of the stories of these women the, the speech is not about me. It's about confidence. And it wasn't about my story. It's about the story of, of me and these women who have used our voices and amplified our voices in order to practice the behaviors to gain the confident attitudes that we need in order to get further in our career. So leaned in super hard, rewrote the talk, was very nervous for round three. And turns out I had to do round three via Zoom. And it was just with the organizer, this guy Brett, who I had seen in the last last review meeting, just sort of hang his head like, yikes, this is not going well. And I felt it. I knew. I was like, he doesn't like it. And I know that you're not supposed to try to please everyone, but like this is the one guy that you want to to please. He's heard so many of these things and he knows what works and I trusted that. So, I read the talk and this at this point I was, you know, halfway memorized, halfway reading to him and he's taking all these notes and he looks up at the end and he goes, "Emily, I didn't like it the last time you did it. I didn't like it the last time you did it, but today this is great. This is really good. And I think I was about levitating off of my chair because it was like all this work that was put into creating this message and not knowing and and really dancing in this place of uncertainty and having the, the one who knows the most tell you that it's all good was super rewarding. But the best part of this conversation was he then said, and you are one of the most coachable people that I've ever worked with, and I really appreciate that. And that meant the world to me because we talk about feedback a lot, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast and critical conversations and how those help you to grow as an individual and in your career. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I thought, like, am I really, am I good at receiving feedback? Do I get too competitive? Do I give enough critical feedback or do I hold back too much? I think we can be hard on ourselves. So hearing that from him just made me feel really good about the whole process and really instilled some more confidence in me that I could, could do a great job. 
So after I, I do this, my family and I leave for vacation and we're gone for nine days and then our flight gets delayed and it's another day that we're delayed getting home. So we don't get home till Monday night. TEDx is the next Saturday morning. And I uh, pretty much left my whole talk alone the entire time I was gone on vacation. So I had four days to memorize this puppy. You do not get notes. You do not get a teleprompter. There are no note cards. There are no slides. It is up to you to go up there and deliver the message according to what you wrote and also hitting the lines and the cadence that you have developed over the course of this speech writing. So, oh man, every morning I woke up, it was like my stomach was filled with basketballs just hitting the wall everywhere. I was so nervous. And I practiced over and over and over again. I recorded myself and then listened to it in the car when I was driving around. I had copies of my speech everywhere and I would say, okay, I'm going to read through it one time before I get ready for work. I'm going to read through it one more time before I pick up my kid. I'm going to read through it one more time before I go to bed. It was like over and over and over again. And it wasn't until Thursday that I really started to try to deliver it without looking at my notes. And that felt like a whole nother roadblock in my mind to just like get through that hurdle. Because on Friday, one of my dear friends had offered, she runs a state farm agency, and she'd offered to let me come in to, and present my speech to her staff in their conference room and just get a live practice in. So Friday comes, and I'm, I'm out in my car like, all right, girl, you, this is it. You can do it. And I get inside, and before I gave the talk, I gave the whole team like a little bit of a runway, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. So I had a nice warm up before I jumped into the first line. And I got about halfway through my speech. I was feeling pretty good. And then I had like five different sections and I got to section number four and I just instantly couldn't remember if I did section number three. And I had to grab my notes just to recenter and make sure I was on track. And I was like, shoot, I had to use my notes, you know, I was kind of panicking and it got to the end and uh, everyone clapped and my friend Nicole was like, you did it here. You had to use your notes here. You're going to be fine tomorrow. Like that's what this was for was, was the, the prep. And then after the, the talk, I got to speak with a bunch of the members on her team and they picked out different parts of my talk that really resonated with them, which felt good. Like, you know, they were listening. So I felt ready. So that night, Sean and I, my husband, there's a speaker dinner. So we went to the speaker dinner, met a few of the sponsors, met some of the other speakers. And then there was a quick presentation on stage. And the main message was tomorrow, you will deliver the most important short talk of your life. And it was so evident that everyone in the room knew the importance they knew how much work went into this event and they kept reminding us over and over and over again and i was sort of used to this dialogue because this is what i had been hearing all along and i i went up at one point i was speaking to one of the committee members i'd gotten to know okay and apparently not as well as i thought because when i asked her oh what did you do your talk about she said oh i never did one of those i have terrible stage fright 
I just love volunteering on the committee and helping with the event. So we conclude the conversation. We wrap up the night. Sean and I are heading home early because I had to get up early in the morning. And we're walking to our car. And he goes, Emily, no matter what happens tomorrow, you are in the arena. You are in the arena. You spoke to so many people tonight who have terrible stage fright, who said, oh, no, I could never do that. You heard tonight how important tomorrow is and you better not mess up. And it's the most important short talk you've ever done. He goes, forget all of that. Just know that you tried, that you are getting in the arena and you're doing something that a lot of people either don't have the opportunity to do or choose not to pursue the opportunity. So that alone is a win. And I really internalized that. I I swear, he's like my hype man behind the scenes uh, that you guys don't get to see. And, And I thought, I am. I'm getting in the arena. We have that speech literally framed on the wall in our home as a reminder that when you're getting out there and putting yourself on the line and doing things that other people don't do, like, that's a win in itself. And you've you've got to give yourself credit for that effort. So Saturday morning comes, there's a call at 7.30 a.m. We have to be there on stage. So I show up in my, you know, Lululemon joggers and and running shoes and t-shirt and hardly any makeup on and my hair, you know, just kind of done. And there's some people who are completely dressed. They're in stilettos and sheath dresses and men in their shirts. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not talking till three o'clock this afternoon. There's no way I'm staying dressed all day. So we get on stage, we take a group picture and they let us know there's food all day. Uh, It was like being at a concert. And first I got to tell you about this stage. So Jam Pro is... A, a company in town that puts on, uh, they do all the stage lighting and sound for these these big events. And when I say big events, I mean they did it for the Super Bowl in LA. And we had that same setup at the event center here for TEDx. It was incredible. The stage, the lights, the, the live cams, the recording equipment, the sound equipment. It was just, it was remarkable. So that's kind of the intro. We get to the backstage. We see the different food areas, we see the different practice rooms, and this is where they say, all right, you can you can go home or you can stay here all day. And I know that at my house, God, I love all the people who live here, but there are so many distractions. And to use the same metaphor, I knew I needed to stay in the arena all day. So I watched a couple of talks and I found a practice room and I practiced a lot. And I came out like a little bit before lunch and I talked to a couple of the other speakers. I watched one person go on stage and literally shake in her heels while she was delivering this just incredible talk. And I thought, everyone is only talking about how nervous they are. This whole day is about nerves. Nerves, nerves, nerves. I can't wait till I get done because I'm so nervous I feel sick. And I finally had this talk with myself and I was like, Emily, okay, here's the choice. You can choose to sit here and feel these nerves all day long, or you can choose to have fun. You've made it. You've made it this far. You know what you're saying. 
you've got it dialed in, you get to have a really cool, fun, impactful topic to talk to the audience about that could be uplifting, that could help change lives. Have fun. And I will tell you that the instant I made that decision, everything changed. I went back to my little practice room. It had like a a mirror, soundproof walls, because this is where bands warm up before they put on big concerts. And there's like a bathroom attached to it. And I had my speech in there in my hand and my water bottle. And there's like a chair in the corner. And so I put my stuff down on the chair and I'm like, all right, have fun, have fun. How do I have fun? I'm like, you light up the stage. You light up the stage. So I I literally stood in the corner of the room and I said, and next up is Emily Jansen. And I took like four huge steps across the room with the biggest smile on my face that I could muster, looked in the mirror and then like dove into my first line. And my delivery of that practice round was the best I had ever done because I let go of my nerves and decided that I was going to have fun. I was going to let it happen. I did a lot more practice rounds like that. And then I was, uh, was ready to get my hair and makeup done, which was so awesome. Uh, there was these professionals that were available and they made me look amazing like lashes and big curls and I really think they did like contouring on my face which I have absolutely no idea how to do but it was awesome I will post one of those photos when this episode goes up and uh, so huge kudos to them that is like such a talent to be able to do hair and makeup in in that way but also nod to TEDx who is such pros that they provided hair and makeup for us. So get my hair and makeup done. I get dressed. I'm wearing those like black painted jeans and a uh, sleeveless blouse and then my power pink blazer. I just was feeling it. So I wore the blazer and I was amped. I was jumping pretty much in my uh, heel boots, just like ready to go. And when it was time to take the stage, I heard my intro, I walked out on stage the same way that I had before, huge smile on my face, and delivered the best short talk I've ever I've ever done. And I was bouncing on my feet, I was connecting with the audience. I took a few glances at some faces, but mostly stared out into the black abyss because making that connection with a few friends in the audience can absolutely throw me off kilter. So stared into the abyss, delivered the talk. And at the end, I like threw my arms up in the air and, you know, gave some thumbs up, gave a little fist bump because I had done it. I talked about a way to increase your confidence. The last piece is to celebrate constantly. You've got to celebrate the little wins. And how could I not practice what I preached by really giving my own little celebration at the end on stage. It was so fun. Turned around, walked off stage. There's literally a guy waiting on the edge of the stage behind the curtain when you finish, whose job is to give you a hug. And I remember hearing this at the beginning of the morning thinking, is this some type of joke? But uh, they really know what they're doing because you absolutely need a hug. The adrenaline rush 
just comes to this like different level when you've completed it. You almost get weak in the knees. I had tears pricking my eyes because I was finally done. It was like this period of relief and pride. And I kind of collapsed into this guy's arms. He gave me a hug, said he did a great job. And I walked back behind stage. I was the second to last person to go. I I went at three o'clock. I was there since 7.30 in the morning. It was exhaustion, relief, exhilaration, all of these amazing emotions all at one time. And it was also incredibly fun. So the talk will be available online soon and I'll be excited to share it with you all and and gain your feedback. I'm not gonna lie, definitely have a whole nother round of nerves knowing that what I said is gonna be shared publicly for a lot of people to see, hear, critique, and have their opinions. But you know what? That's part of getting in the arena is people are gonna say what they're gonna say, either a keyboard warrior with a negative input or someone behind their keyboard where you made a positive impact. And I decided that, you know what? I'll deal deal with the, the negative keyboard warriors for just like one person who says, wow, this really made an impact on my life. Or Emily, I'm gonna try doing this one thing that you suggested and I think it's really gonna help me in my career. If that, if that happens, when that happens, because that happened, I'm happy that I did it. And I also, you know I'm big on goal setting. That was a really big goal for me to get on the TEDx stage, not in an interview format, in the full-on stand-up speaker mode. So I want to share with you finally the biggest lessons that I learned. Four of them, just like the top four takeaway on this show. The first one, going beyond your comfort zone is where the growth happens. This was a whole new level of growth for me, getting in this different arena with a different crowd, with a different setup than what I'm used to. And I know that I've experienced a lot of growth as an individual having gone beyond my comfort zone to achieve a goal that I had to set for myself, which was speaking on a big stage. The second biggest lesson I learned was taking feedback is critical to growth. And while we all know that, it was a little bit different doing it firsthand with the expectation that feedback was gonna help me to grow. I think that moving forward in my life and in my career, I'm going to look at feedback and peer reviews and meetings with the boss a little bit differently, knowing that it's an opportunity and pushing that person to give me the feedback necessary in order for me to grow. Number three, turning nerves into fun. The nervousness I felt was some of the biggest, bounciest, most uncomfortable nerves I've ever felt in my life. And feeling the power in my mind to shift those nerves to fun and to excitement is something that I'll never forget and a tool that I hope I have in my tool chest forever, turning nerves into fun, taking control of your mindset. And finally, number four. Number four in the top four takeaways was number six in 
my speech on the six ways to grow your confidence through behaviors was celebrate constantly. I'm never going to forget celebrating after I did my talk. Falling into the hugger's arms, feeling that relief, feeling just that internal pride and excitement for myself. I needed that moment just to acknowledge what I had done and how far I had come from the girl who couldn't order a pizza to the girl who delivered a TEDx talk. Really sitting in that moment alone was amazing. And then later that night, I went to actually an awards dinner with my husband and shout out to him because he he won uh, some awards that night, which was a very, very cool day for the Jansen family. Uh, but being able to toast with him uh, with some champagne and just acknowledging how far we both had come in our lives and our careers is an evening that I won't soon forget either. So celebrating those milestones, celebrating those achievements is just critical to rewiring and reinforcing those behaviors in your brain so that you can create more success in the future. So thank you guys so much for being here today and listening to the TEDx journey. I will be sure to post the talk so that you can listen and hopefully find some cues to increase your own confidence and start practicing those confident behaviors to level up in your career. As always, like, rate, share, follow the show, Um, share this with a friend who could use some encouragement or is curious about TEDx or doing some big speech. Um, I, I appreciate you guys so much and I'm so grateful to have this platform and all the incredible women and men who follow along on the Leadership is Female journey. We are here to support you and hopefully you found some nuggets in this episode that will help you to achieve your next goal. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.